in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, that groovy guy, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the new documentary series, The Beatles Get Back, which was directed and produced by Peter Jackson. And this documentary, it's a three-part series, each one little over two well one's a little over two hours the other two are almost three hours so it's ranging close to eight hours of footage this is the making of their last album let it be uh which had the working title of get back before it was changed to let it be and this has a lot of material that originally was captured by michael lindsey hogg's 1970 documentary of the album titled let it be so, Taylor, you and I, of course, were massive Beatle fans. Uh, earlier this season, we had our friend Jesse on to talk about the Beatles. Uh, that Beatle guy. <laughs> that Beatle guy. But this was neat. You know, we've had plenty of Beatle documentaries, Beatle, you know, footage and stuff. But this was something new, something that I don't think people were ready for under the helm of Peter Jackson. Uh, who, you know, we love for being an incredible film director, of course, Noble works like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, King Kong. Uh, the guy's done a lot of great stuff. Following up after his World War One documentary, so here we have the Beatles. Taylor, what what was uh, what was it like watching this? Because I mean, I will say for me, a lot of it was exciting, but it did get a little old at times because I don't know if I can watch eight hours straight of guys just jamming uh, and goofing off and and arguing. But it was interesting to see because this is the band. This is at the tail end of their time together. Yeah, right. This is right before, right before their uh, inevitable breakup, and when they went off to do their own things. So, I think, yeah, I think Chris, you know, I talked about this in our our big Beatles episode. I think between the two of us, I was never really a huge Beatles fan growing up, and I become more so. And I think this kind of solidified it because. What I did like about it, I think you, and it was described by Jackson, and I agree, it is a documentary about a documentary, um, but I think it does, uh, commentators and critics, and I agree with them, it really challenges, um, you know, long-time beliefs about making of this. It wasn't easy. There was a lot of tensions. I really did like the inner dynamics. I think this really showcased each one of the, you know, the fab four as we came to know them, from Ringo to George uh, to Paul, John. I think it did a great job of kind of highlighting their characteristics to the tail end. Uh, in particular, I was really, really appreciated the inner working. Uh, I really appreciated the inner workings between uh, McCartney and Lennon, and really Harrison. I thought that was really interesting just to see like how he really um, was kind of really done. He was just like, I really want to. He really felt like he didn't have a voice uh, in the band, or he didn't have his. And I think that's the, that really kind of showed. Okay, this is you know after really. 10, this is coming up 10 years of them being a band. You know, he's like, I'm done. And, I, you know, crack me up, Ringo. And this is just very, like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, he was always, he was on set, ready to go. And he just is happy. Like, he is literally, like, the cheerleader of the group. And just, like, wherever the wind blows, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting to see where their musical voices were at at that point. Um, you know, we're getting into this, you know, the 70s, where we're going to start having 
a lot more experimentation with music, uh, especially with the influence of drugs and different instruments, but going also into like synth and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Going into electric stuff. And then also there's the side of we're not, we're no longer singing these happy pop ballads about love. We're starting to sing songs about protesting social change, social change, going against the war, you know, Vietnam is going to be a thing. There's, there's so much that it, it changes uh, even the vibe, which uh, that's something that we talked about is like the Beatles were this, this fun, band that would do these like you know upbeat pop love songs and then you see how their music changed over time because of what they wanted to talk about and you could tell that yeah there's tension there's tension there because you know george writes a lot of his own songs and he only gets to sing one or two on maybe an album and then you know paul you can really tell that paul really is the the mastermind when it comes to just knowing where the music needs to go um you know having that okay, we need to do this on three, four, that we need to have that beat there. And just, you know, them being on the same page of the initial thing of this was to do this TV concert. Was they're going to do this album and make a TV concert. And you could tell that the other guys, not everyone was on the same page. And it's like, well, what, have you, what, have you, what are we doing here? You know, I know what I'm doing here. Are you doing, are you here to do the same thing? You know, so that was kind of interesting. What I think is also funny that, you know, there was, when you're watching this, and I, like I said, you know, it is very long. <laughs> um, but what I gathered from this, a big part, and I, I want to go back to talk about the very beginning of the documentary. But what I really uh, was surprised by this to see the inner workings that there really wasn't a clear direction. And you got George Martin, who's kind of like, you know, I always say he's the fifth Beatle. He kind of was just like, kind of like a high, you know, junior high substitute teacher, just kind of like, I'm just here. Like there was not like, there wasn't anyone really leading it. It was kind of like by the seat of our pants and you see like their deadline. They had like really a month to get this out. And there was no really, I mean, from the very get go, they're like, this is a horrible recording, recording spot. The acoustics of the acoustics of bed. And uh, then they would go into, and then they didn't even know what they were doing. And like, Oh, are we creating new songs or is this concert going to be, you know, so there was not a really good clear cut thing. And I think that's really funny. You know, you wonder, is this with a lot of other bands? Is this how they do it? Is this just, we're just jammed. We're going to make up shit. They would play a bunch of songs that weren't even theirs. Yeah. They would do nonsense and they would make up lyrics to their songs jokingly. Yeah. <laughs> they would, they would goof around a lot. And I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, you're being, you know, first part of the documentary, the first seven days or so, they're in a, a big, more like a TV studio. They transfer to Apple Studios where it's a lot more a proper studio. It's much more, you know, uh, close quarters and stuff. But I wonder if, you know, just them seeing the same four walls every day, you know, they're, they're there all day, all night, you know, trying to jam, trying to record, trying to, you know, make it work. And a lot of that they wanted to do live. Uh, which, you know, for the time and era, it wasn't always the easiest thing to do. So I wonder if there was a bit of madness that goes into the method. You know, it's like they have to have that element there to maybe get to the, you know, the end product. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it kind of was funny how they would start playing all different songs from different groups. And then, you know, <laughs> throughout the whole time, they just be goofing off and, and, and it just, you could tell they're, they're on their wits end at time. Like John Lennon always going, and now for your host for the night, the Rolling Stones. And like when they brought in Billy Preston, I thought it was really cool because, you know, you get a lot of this great piano on a lot of these tracks and to see that there was kind of like a pseudo fifth member there, uh, you know, that, uh, that filled out those songs and 
kind of brought a new voice to them. And he was just digging that. He was just so happy to be there. <laughs> I feel like the entire time he was just grooving and being like, this is awesome. What a great, I'm in, I'm in London. Great gig. I'll, you know, he's like, can you play with us? He's like, sure. <laughs> but to see, you know, like for us fans of across the universe to see the influence there of like, you know, the movie ends with this giant rooftop concert uh, clearly inspired by the rooftop concert that I think it's something that, you know, like no one does this, you know, it's like such a fun thing to see that they, you know, because it was disturbing the piece. I mean, it looked like a lot of people were enjoying it, you know, well, still to that, still to that day, they were, um, they were, you know, breaking down barriers till even toward the tail end of them as a group. And I think it was funny because I thought it was like, you know, you look back and you hear about it, like how cool it was. And you know, I love when they were interviewing people like, this is what is this rubbish? Like we can't even hear what's going on. People, they had police. Like people are trying to climb up on the roof and watch and like scrambling to know what's going on. I want to go back to the very what's beginning. This rubbish. Yeah, what is this rubbish? I want to go back to the very beginning. I really liked in the very beginning of the first step part. I liked how they went through kind of the history of the Beatles starting out. It really gave me a little more context to it because of Beatlemania, and because it was like almost unsafe for them to be out in public. It got like they got like too much. They're like. It forced them to be like, we're not going to do any live concerts anymore. We're just going to like, and then because they were hunkering down and they were doing like recordings in the studio and doing stuff because of their travels, they experimented more and created more of really interesting sounds. And, and they kind of, and it said how they revolutionized a lot of music. It would have been very interesting to see if they kept that up, you know, and they stayed together, what they might have accomplished. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Cause they, they probably could have done a lot more. And, you know, to see, obviously, at that point, you know, when the band did break up, you know, they've all gone on, you know, their ways to do their own music um, up until, you know, of course, the uh, unfortunate uh, murder of John Lennon. And then, you know, eventually George Harrison uh, died as well. So it's like they found new avenues to do music. You know, Paul still makes music to this day and Ringo has as well. But to think, yeah, the Beatles have had such a huge impact and it really was only that 10 year period that they truly were the Beatles as we know it. Um, but yeah, it's remarkable. It's, 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 I think if you're fans of watching behind the scenes footage and you're a Beatle fan or a music fan, I think this will be something for you. It is long. There are periods where it feels like you're watching an hour and a half, two hours of them jamming to the same song over and over again, uh, goofing around. But there's some fun things in there where it is like the argument side um, you know, at one point, George almost quits the band and then to see them try to get him back in a new light and finding the fun things where you see clips of them. Like they have a great little section of clips of them when they went to India. And it's just kind of fun to see, again, the the, the changes that they've gone through. And even, you know, uh, the long, the long uh, feuded uh, issue of Yoko's influence on John and whatever that was the thing. Definitely just weird to see that she just sits there the entire time next to John while they record for hours. She just sits there. Um, they're, they're super fan. They're super freak. Um, she was a combination of all three. And yeah, yeah we, we were laughing weird, about you know? that watching that. And I think there's been so many jokes about it, like the Yoko Ono of the band or something that kind of drove the wedge. And I think she that did highlight her kind of weird you know, dynamic into it. But I think when we saw all this other stuff going on, you could see that it wasn't really, it wasn't her. It was so many things that were, were driving this band apart that inevitably would happen. But yeah, it was just laughing. I'm like, what is she doing? Like her sound test. She was doing the grudge impression. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here, lady? Get out. 
which that was that would be a lot of it. They would just start just playing one song and just being bonkers, like just yelling, screaming, jamming weird sounds on the guitar. So, you know, you have to go through the experimentation phase to get to, you know, the, the diamond isn't polished right away. You know, you have to get through that coal first. So I will definitely say for those who are fans of the Beatles, fans of music, fans of Peter Jackson, this is a fantastic documentary to check out. It is three parts. You can now watch it all on Disney+. Plus. That is The Beatles Get Back. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.